good to be in God's house this morning, and uh, we're going to turn uh, to the Lord's Word together. Joel chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, we're continuing on uh, in the book of Joel. We'll, we have been here, and I believe we're going to be here for uh, some time in the weeks ahead, God willing. Joel chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 18 uh, through the verse 27. And over the past number of weeks, we've been looking at the divine time. Timing is very important in the Lord. And previous to that, we were looking at the key to unlocking God's blessing. And this is all in the context of the ministers of the Lord weeping before the porch and the altar. There was a time of brokenness, true humility, and contrition before the Lord and bringing their prayers to the Lord. And then the Lord responds in that uh, context. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at the divine blessing, the blessing of the Lord. And uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 18, we'll just pray as we turn this morning and settle our hearts together. Amen. Father, we ask in Jesus' name for your help, for your anointing, Lord, both to preach and to hear your word. Lord, we pray this morning that you would give us ears that hear. Lord, we pray that you would give us hearts that are open to receive, that there would be good ground, Lord, that would bring forth much fruit. And Lord, we ask for your help, Lord, to bring your word. We realize that we are but dust, Lord, that we are mere men. But Lord, we pray for the quickening power of the Holy Spirit to come and to help us this morning. We need you, Lord, to speak into our lives. And so, God, would you shut us in with yourself, even right down to the wee ones. Lord, we pray, would you shut us in with yourself? Would you speak to us and undertake for us? And we'll be careful to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Joel 2 and verse 18. Then... Will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people? Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a barren land and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part towards the utmost sea. And his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first months. And the floors shall be full of wheat and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God 
that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. When we read these verses, we are reading of the divine blessing and the favor of Almighty God upon His people. When you go through these verses and pick out some uh, of the key phrases that are used, we know that in the mindset of Israel, they understood when the prophet Joel would come and deliver the word of the Lord, they understood what the prophet was referring to when he said, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you will be satisfied. We see this and understand this to be God's favor or God's blessing upon his people. You wonder this morning when you read this, I suppose some might, how this refers to me or what relevance would that have with me? How can these wonderful blessings that the Lord is speaking through the prophet be relevant to me? And by way of introduction, I believe it's important, and we have looked at this before, but I want to show you through God's Word that how the blessing and the promises of God are for us this morning who are saved and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we need to go back for that in the Genesis chapter 3. So if you would follow this through this morning and see the first and the prophecy concerning Calvary is found here in Genesis, the third chapter and verse 15. Here we see just after the fall of man that the Lord the God Almighty speaks to the serpent, the deceiver, and says these words, that I will put enmity between thee and the woman. This is a prophecy concerning Calvary. And between thy seed, now though this is important, seed is important to understand how these blessings and these promises are for us this morning. But it says that I will put between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He would bruise the head of the serpent in Calvary, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And so we understand from the beginning, we're going to follow just this through for a wee moment, if you can bear with me. This principle of seed in the Scriptures is very important because if you're born again of the Spirit of God, the Bible tells us you've been born of an incorruptible seed. That's the born-again experience, the Word of God. But God would make a covenant. If you turn then to Genesis chapter 17, and this is just to present uh, how these promises are available to us this morning. But in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 7, we see here that God would make a covenant with Abraham. And he said these words, Genesis 17 and 7, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. 
And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan. And God promised Abraham for Israel an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is the covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man, man child among you shall be circumcised. For Israel, the outward token of circumcision was a sign of the everlasting covenant that God had made with them as a people. Now in Genesis chapter 1, I'm going through a lot of time quickly here, but in Genesis chapter 21, we understand here again that Abraham and Sarah had uh, gone ahead, ahead of God's purpose and plan, and Ishmael was born. And so God comes again to, to Abraham in Genesis chapter 21 and verse 12, and this is what he says. God said to Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy born woman. In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. And then he said something crucial. For in Isaac, not in Ishmael, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So we're following the principle here of seed through the word of God and covenant. Now you remember the wonderful story just over in the Genesis at chapter 22. Follow it through for a moment. Genesis chapter 22. We read that wonderful account of Abraham and Isaac. A wonderful type of, of God the Father and the Son Jesus and in this story, we know that the wonderful revelation of Calvary. But on Mount Moriah, here we see in Genesis 22, verse 14, when God provided that ram in the thicket, verse 14 reads this, And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jerah, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and not withheld thy son, thine only son. Now here's verse 17. It's important if you follow it. That in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed, listen to these words, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, I just want to take you for a second, if you could, right over into the New Testament. And in Galatians chapter 3, you will see here that this covenant that was given to Abraham for Israel, now the church has not replaced Israel, but the church has been brought in through the Lord Jesus Christ to the covenant promises of Abraham through Christ alone. But in Galatians chapter 3, so just remember, we're looking at the divine blessing of the Lord. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul writes these words, Now to Abraham and his seed, we've just read it, were the promises made. He saith not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, that seed born, that seed of Abraham, that seed of David, which is, who is the seed? Jesus Christ. 
Now, if you go on down the chapter to verse 29, I want you to see this before we start looking at the divine blessing. But Galatians 3 and verse 29, would you all read it with me, just that you're with me this morning. Galatians 3, 29, just this one verse. And if ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you're Christ this morning, would you say amen? amen? So through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are heirs, we are heirs, we are heirs of that promise. This is available just like Abraham by faith and through faith that we are heirs of the promise. By faith, Isaac, the Bible tells us, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning these things to come. Now, we know this morning, brothers and sisters, Paul writes these words in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, what has he done? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of this world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Are you blessed? Praise the Lord. It's good that you're blessed this morning. We're blessed in Christ through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a blessed people this morning. We're saved. We're washed in the blood. We're born of the Spirit. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're blessed in so many ways, but primarily and solely we are blessed because we're saved by the grace of God. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it make us rich and addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, the favor of God upon a life, upon a family, upon a church, upon a community, upon a nation, to have God's blessing is absolutely everything in this world. Money can't buy the blessing of the Lord. Material possessions, they may be a blessing of the Lord to a limit. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, this morning, the blessing of the Lord, the favor of God, God's divine great hand on your life is the greatest thing that you can have in this world. God was promising to a repentant, contrite Israel in Joel chapter 2 that their tears were going to be turned to joy, that there would be a season of weeping, but joy was going to come in the morning. He came, the prophet came, and he uttered these words, Behold, God is going to send you corn, He's going to send you wine, and He's going to send you oil, and you're going to be satisfied. Now in the natural, we'd be thinking this morning, how does that relate to me? And we must know this morning, it's so important, not that we just are theologically accurate, but that not only do we have it down on a piece of paper, right? But there's an experience. There's an experience of the blessing of the Lord. We can have it right theologically and have it all down. But I tell you something, it's better felt than telt. There's a reality of the favor and the blessing of the Lord in a life. 
God said, I'm going to send you corn, I'm going to send you wine, and I'm going to send you oil, and you're going to be satisfied. What does this mean, and how is it relevant? And remember, it's through faith in Christ alone that we are heirs of that promise. Now, I want us to go back and find a man who wanted the blessing. He wanted to wrestle for it. He was desperate for the blessing of the Lord. And if you turn over to Genesis chapter 27, because this is relevant, and we'll find out here just in a moment, this blessing that Jacob wanted. Genesis chapter 27, Isaac's at the end of his life, and here we see Jacob is going to present himself as Esau in order that he would receive the blessing of the Lord. Genesis 27 verse 26. And so we see here that Jacob comes into the room, and his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and he blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, listen to these words, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let the people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses thee and blessed be he that bless thee. And so we see in this that the blessing, Israel understood that when Joel came announcing this blessing of the Lord, they understood it was the blessing that Isaac made on Jacob. And they understood the principle and the experience spiritually and materially what God was saying to them. They followed Jacob for a moment. Genesis chapter 32. We see here's a man that wants the favor and the blessing of the Lord. In Genesis 32 and verse 24 we read here. Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 25, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of this his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Jacob wanted the favor of God, the blessing of the Lord on his life. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Now we see here in Jacob, and the blessing that was upon his life, and the blessing that he would desire, the blessing of the Lord to be upon him. And what a blessing this is. When Israel are about to enter into the promised land, Deuteronomy, just that book of Deuteronomy, at the final stages of their wanderings through the wilderness. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, you follow this through so that Israel understood when the prophet mentioned this, they knew what this meant. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 12. The Lord speaks to his people again, and this is what he says. Wherefore, verse 12, wherefore it shall come to pass if you hearken to these judgments, if you keep them and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep thee, on, keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. 
And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. And he will bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land. And what does he say? And thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy kin and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swore unto the fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of these evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all that hate thee. This is God's blessing. Here is the blessing of the Lord. The wombs are going to be fruitful. There is no longer going to be barrenness. There's going to be a fullness in God. He'll take sickness away from you. He's going to keep you and his favor would be upon you. How many people want the blessing of God? And that blessing is available to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing there is in Christ this morning. You will know and people will manipulate this for material gain. But this is a distortion of the truth of God's word. The prosperity gospel distort the word of God for selfish gain. And I know this morning that God, if you have a financial need, he's Jehovah Jireh. He meets our need financially. But don't twist this for selfish gain. This is a blessing that's worth more than anything that you can purchase or anything that has the pound signed on it. In the blessing of the Lord, we see here that he mentions a substance of corn and of wine and of oil. And these three things are significant spiritually to us. Now I want to turn over to Psalm 104. And this is what the Bible says about these three things. Corn, wine, and oil. Psalm 104 and verse 15. And this is what the Bible says. And wine that maketh glad the heart of man. And oil that makes his face to shine. And bread. What does the bread do? It strengthens a man's heart. Here we see the spiritual truths. The blessing of the Lord. There is a wine, praise the Lord, and you'll not get it in any shelf in this world, and this world can't produce it. It's the wine, and it's the new wine. It's the Holy Ghost, and this wine makes glad the heart of a man. If you think about it for a moment, just think for a moment, there is a wine. There is a wine this morning. I know the world, they're all running around. And most people, a lot of people in the church today are running around trying to find the finest of wine for their Christmas table. But I thank God this morning there's a new wine. And I thank God this morning there's a wine that makes the heart of a man glad. And that wine's found in the person of the Holy Ghost and is provided for us through the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thanks be to God this morning, there is a joy that's unspeakable and it is full of glory. You'll not find it on the shelf of Tesco, Sainsbury's or Lytle, the finest and the supreme of this world. But brothers and sisters, we'll find it this morning morning in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an oil this morning that makes a man's heart glad. There is a wine this morning. It's the new wine. 
Praise the Lord. You know, I read a, a, a biography recently and it has so blessed me and I'm not really a great reader. I just stick largely to the Bible. But I read a book on TBF Thompson and how the Lord and the blessing of the Lord upon a man's life. And I want to tell you something. I have been absolutely blessed reading the account of his life, how the Lord wonderfully saved him. But the Lord blessed him in business. And I believe God does that for the kingdom's sake. And he blessed this man. But I want to tell you something about this man. He bought companies after companies. He produced an empire. And listen, this was in the midst. It was powerful how God constantly opened doors for him. But every company he bought, I want you to hear me this morning, in a very liberal world, every company he bought, he would put at the beginning that there would be never any alcohol be allowed to be claimed for expenses from any employee or any alcohol ever on the premises of any of his businesses. And he was the employer of thousands of men, farons and everything else, charge hearse motors and brothers and sisters. The Lord blessed him. The Lord blessed him. Why? Because he knew, number one, that it was the devil's drink. And he also knew there was another wine that was much better than this world could ever serve him. It was the new wine. It was in the Holy Ghost. There is a wine this morning that makes the heart of a man glad. Neither do we put the new wine in old bottles. And so we come to an end of a year and perhaps we feel a little bit old and a little bit worn spiritually. Perhaps we feel that we have struggled through. There's been dry times. There have been barren times. There have been difficult times. Times of difficulties and disappointment. Times where we have felt it's more like a wilderness than it is like a flood. And maybe you're coming to the end of a year. And as people normally do, we say, well, I'm glad that year's passed. And I'm looking in to 2020 for something fresh. Well, I want to tell you, friends, you don't have to wait to the 1st of January 2020. Because there is the new wine this morning. But there has to be a fresh consecration of a heart to say, Lord, in my weakness and in my wandering and in my feelings, I'm sorry this morning and I thank you for your blood. But, oh God, would you fill me afresh in a new consecration with the new wine and the joy of the Spirit of the Lord. How many want the new wine? Well, I want to tell you something this morning. The new wine's been paid for in full. And Jesus Christ paid for it all on the cross. And there's a banqueting table this morning. And it's in the Father's house. And the banner over us is love. And the table's full this morning. If we're willing to come. We see that in the book of Acts. They said of these men that were full of the Holy Spirit. These men are full of new wine. But I want to tell you it wasn't wine that's found in this earth. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's a joy that comes by the filling of a new wineskin filled with a new wine. Praise the Lord this morning. There's also an oil. And this oil, it tells us, makes our faces shine. There's an expression of the inner work of God that brings a reality to the countenance of a man or a woman. There's an oil that makes you shine. Praise the Lord. 
There's an oil. You know, we have sayings about faces here that's not said anywhere else in the world. He has a face on him like a Lurgan. Anybody from Lurgan, I apologize this morning, but it is, it is, it is a saying. But you'll not find it anywhere else in this world. Anywhere in the world that you go, you'll never hear someone saying, you imagine in Nepal, someone saying, he's a face on him like a Lurgan spade. You won't find it. You won't find anywhere across this world that saying, or another saying that, that has said he's some bake on him. That's another, that's an Oster Scott saying, but you'll find these sayings here, but you don't find them anywhere else in the world. But I'll tell you something, what you'll find in every part of the world where there's a Christian, those who have been born of the Spirit, washed in the blood, know Jesus as their Savior. There's a shine in their face that identifies us and makes us unique from every tribe and every tongue. There's an oil that changes the countenance. Listen to me this morning. There's an oil that changes the countenance of his bride, the church. And it's so important as we come to the finale, to the times that we're in, the last days as Christ is coming for his bride. It's so important this morning that we know that the countenance of the church, the countenance of his church will be changed by the oil that it's filled with. You remember there was five wise and there was five foolish. It's the wise that have their oil in their lamp and they're going to shine and they're going to be ready for the coming of the Lord. We see this in the scripture, this wonderful occurrence of a face shining that takes us straight to the Savior himself in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 2. It tells us there that the Lord Jesus was transfigured before them. And what does it say? His face did shine. His face did shine as the sun. Transfiguration of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we see him, his face will be shining like the sun. And our faces will shine. Our faces will shine in the light of his glory. His raiment was white as the light. You know, the true shining of a life comes not from duty, but from devotion. It doesn't come from duty, but it comes from intimacy with him. If you turn back to Exodus chapter 34, we'll read of a man that went into the very presence of the Lord. And when he came out, his face was shining. Exodus 34 and verse 29, Exodus 34, 29, tells us there that Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. And he came down from the mountain that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. He went into the very presence of the Lord and being in his presence in devotion and intimacy, there was a glow that came from his life. So it's important to know that duty does not cause us to shine. It's intimacy with Jesus that will cause the church to shine. It is that intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives that we spend time with them that will cause our lives to shine. Now if you go on down to verse 35, you see what happened. The children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face, it shone. It shone so greatly that Moses put a veil upon his face until he went in to speak with him. The shining of his face was so great that Israel put a veil on the face of Moses. Now, just hold that there for a moment. 
And turn into 2 Corinthians chapter 3, because this is significant. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 13. And it says, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth, this is so significant if you want to understand something of prophecy, but until this day there remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil that was on the face of Moses, here's the symbolism of it, and here's the truth of it, there is a veil upon their hearts. Who is that? That's Israel. They cannot see because there's a veil upon their hearts. Then it says in verse 16, now look at it, what does it say? Nevertheless, when it, that is Israel, shall turn unto the Lord, the veil, this veil, shall be taken away. And then we read that wonderful verse. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, what is there? There's liberty. And so we see that God, and it ties in with Romans chapter 11, has blinded in part Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles are brought in. And then this veil will be lifted from Israel and they will see the Christ that they have rejected. Now we understand this morning that as that veil, if you go back to verse 7, this feel in the Old Testament was the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones. But the Bible says it was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was done away. Then it says these words, How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? In other words, the ministration of the Spirit is in the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ, to which you and I have been born into. If that was glorious, a man coming out of Mount Sinai in the presence of the Lord, and his face was shining with the glory of God, that they had to put a veil on him, then this morning, through the blood of Jesus Christ, in a more glorious ministration, the ministration of the new covenant, how much more glorious is it that our lives should display the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in that he saved us, that he's washed us, and that he's filled us with his Holy Spirit, and our faces should reflect the great work of what Jesus has done. Would you tell your face about it this morning? Because we have this theologically, don't we? We understand this. We're really good at theologically presenting it. But it's more than just theologically presenting the truth. There's an experience in the Holy Ghost. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, what is there? There's liberty. That's the promise of God. That's the comforter that has come to fill every life this morning with the joy and with the oil of God. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 1 says these words, Who is the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine. And the boldness of his face shall be changed. 
I tell you what happens in the born again experience. A man gets a new heart and his life's completely changed and the world will be able to say there's something different about him. See, it's more than we go to church or go to meetings and those things are good and right. But the power of the new birth to change a life and to cause a life to be different, the things that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. That's not because of law. That's because of the spirit of liberty. I'm free not to go to bars. I'm free not to rob and steal and get on like a thug. I'm free not to be immoral and run around and play the game. I'm free by the power of God. I don't steal anymore. Why? Because I'm saved. He that steals, you don't steal anymore. If you were once a thief, you're no longer a thief. That's the power of the new birth. And so the glory of Jesus Christ in our lives should shine through our, what? Our faces. There should be an evidence of a changed life. And so we see the wise man knows these things. But there is a bread also that strengthens a man's heart. Now many people need strength. Many people need strength. How many people need this bread? We read of Elijah after the great revival in 1 Kings 18. Finds himself under a juniper tree. Prays a prayer that says, Lord, it's better that you take me home because this is all too much. And then there's a touch that comes from an angel. But I want to tell you something. It's not a touch of an angel this morning. There's a touch that comes from a nail-pierced hand. There's a touch in a life this morning. And there he's sitting under the tree. And there there's cakes baked on coals and a cruise of water. And the angel of the Lord said, Elijah... Arise and eat. And this is what he said. Because see this journey. And there's some of you here. I want you to hear it this morning. See this journey. This journey is too great for you. There's a journey that's too great. And there's some ones this morning in this room. And in the depths of your heart. And in the experiences of your life. Your sin. Even as we come to the close of one year. Looking into 2020, you're saying the journey seems too great. I want to tell you something. There's bread this morning in God's house to strengthen you for this journey. Jesus said in John 6 and 32, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he that cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore would you give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me, he'll never, he'll never thirst. There's a bread in this house this morning, and that name is Jesus. There is strength for today and bright hope. The hymn writer says there's strength for today and there's bright hope for tomorrow. And this morning, if you sit here and say, but Tim, I don't feel that I have the strength to make it. You're in a good place because there's bread for you this morning. There's oil for you this morning. There's the new wine this morning. Stephen mentioned he poured in the oil and the 
wine. There's a healing in God's house in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when the prophet came and when he uttered these words, I am going to send you corn, wine, and oil. I want to tell you, brothers, what it is, and sisters, it's the divine favor and blessing of the Lord. I want to close with this. There was a blessing pronounced on the sons of Aaron, that Levitical priesthood. You know this morning that we are the priesthood of God. We are the priests of the Lord this morning. And truly, I, I honestly, over these few days, I've been praying for every person that's associated and every person that comes to this fellowship. And I've been praying, God, in these days, if you tarry the 2020, is what I've been praying for every person and every family and every home represented here this morning. Lord, I pray your blessing on every home. Now listen, I know we pray that, and I know we mean that, but I just want you to think about it for a moment. The divine blessing of the Lord on every life, every life in this room, everyone that's saved in this room, I pray the divine blessing upon your life. I pray that every home and every house is represented. How many people want this blessing on their home? What happens? Your home becomes fruitful spiritually. What happens? The barrenness is taken away. What happens? Your barns spiritually are going to be full. What happens? The disease and the sickness that has been in your house, when the divine blessing of the Lord comes, you know what happens? He takes all our iniquities and all our sins and all our diseases. Why? Because by his stripes we are healed. The divine blessing of the Lord upon our homes, upon our business, upon our church, upon this community. God, we pray for the divine blessing of the Lord. You want me to tell you something? See, when the blessing of the Lord's upon a person, a family, and upon a church, upon a ministry, upon a community. I want to tell you something because we read of it next. He drives back the enemy far from them. You see, you won't have to fight. Why? Because where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty. And when God comes from Zion, the mountains melt in his presence. There's a divine blessing and favor, brothers and sisters, that's available to us this morning through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what that blessing is. The Lord, number 6 and 24, the Lord bless you. Would you say that to your neighbor? I know we normally don't do that, it scourges. us. Would you turn around and say, the Lord bless you? Would you bless your neighbor this morning? Would you bless the person behind you? Would you bless the person in front of you? The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep thee. And this is what it says. This is what I pray. And may this be our prayer for the families in this church. The Lord bless thee and the Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. Brothers and sisters, is there anything else you'd want in this life? The Lord be gracious unto thee. Isn't he gracious? The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. And here's something this world does not have. And the Lord give you peace. The peace of God that passeth all 
understanding. And then he said, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. This is what God says. And I, God says this, and I will bless them. I want to tell you something. When God says, I will bless, not a legion of devils can stop the blessing. Not a man in this world, not a prime minister, not an army. When God says, I will bless, nothing can stop his blessing. I want to tell you something. We have much to give thanks for, for the blessings. We have much to give for the blessings of 2019. But let me tell you, may God bless us in the year ahead. May he visit us with this blessing. May he cause his face to shine upon us. And the barns, praise the Lord, the barns will be full. We're going to get to it because he will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He will drive back that old enemy that has devoured and destroyed and discouraged but let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there's a blessing. Oh, who it's in? It's all in the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith and faith alone. May God bless us all in Jesus' name. Father, this morning, we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you the glory that we, Lord, we this morning, mere mortals undeserving of such mercy, undeserving of such grace, undeserving of such blessing. Lord, you have bestowed upon us bountiful blessings. And, oh God, this morning we come and we simply say, to God be the glory. Great things he hath done. Lord, would you fill our lives, Lord, with that new wine. Would you cause every face to shine, Lord, even in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of disappointment, help us to shine, Lord, for you. And Lord, would you strengthen the hearts of your people? Would you give us the strength for the journey? Would you endure us with power from on high? Would you encourage us each one to stand firm on the promises of God? Lord, we pray that in the year to come, Lord, whatever my lot you have taught us to know, to say it is well with our souls. Lord, you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we give you the glory this morning. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. We'll sing that great hymn this morning. To God be the glory. A great things he hath done. And let us lift it up unto the Lord today and remember the kids tonight as they come and minister to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.